0: That's the wrong time of the year for Groundhog Day. Talk Radio 96.7. Ronnie O. and Coach Joe are ready to talk sports in the ozone. The ozone brought to you by Allied Scrap Processors turning scrap metal into cash.
1: All right, Ronnie O. and Coach Joe in the ozone.
0: It's open mic
1: night. Call us Lakeland 682 1430. At 682-1430, if you like football, and we know you do, there's a lot of it going on here and on WONN. Arkansas travels to Gainesville to take on the Gators. That'll be a noon kickoff Saturday, 9 a.m. pregame on WONN 107.1, 1230 a.m. Florida State travels to Pittsburgh, and they are getting a break. It's going to be like 70 degrees there, man. Perfect day, it sounds like. For football, that'll be a 3:30 kickoff as they take on the two and six Pittsburgh Panthers. And um, oddly enough, Arkansas is two and six taking on the Gators. FSU kicks off at 3:30, 1:30 pregame, and then Sunday, the three and four Bucks take on the three and four Texans in Houston, 1 p.m. kickoff, noon pregame. You can hear that and the Florida State game right here on 96.7 WLKF, 1430 AM. Coach Joe, we've had kind of a rough week. Um, We (laughs) lost Andy Bean the week before, and uh, I want to put this out there. We don't have all the details yet, but there's going to be an Andy Bean golf tournament. All of the uh, proceeds will go to benefit First Tee, which he was very fond of. And um, it's going to be probably in
2: January, but we don't have all the details yet. So stay tuned for that. So that means I've got to dust off the clubs because I pretty much (laughs) have stopped playing. But you you gotta got to be part of that.
1: I was asked to stop playing, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They're still trying to repair some of those courses I played on. Four. Yeah. Five. (laughs) Yeah. Six. Amen. Amen. And then, of course, we lost the general, Bobby Knight. Um, 83 years old, had been suffering from dementia. In 1975, his night, his team went 32-0, the last undefeated NCAA champion. And then we lost Frank Howard, the gentle giant, played for several teams, and he was actually a coach with the Rays in 98-99. I'll never forget, in the 63 World Series, he hit a home run for the only run of the game, and Don Drysdale beat Jim Bouton, Boughton gave up four hits. Drysdale gave up three hits as the Dodgers swept the Yankees in 1973, four games to zero.
2: Wow. When, you know, Ronnie, when you said that it was a rough week, <laughs> I'm glad you put it into perspective because I was immediately uh, flashing back to Jacksonville. Oh, yeah. Well, that was pretty rough, too. <laughs> or, 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 you went, didn't you? Yes, I was there. And thank you for the tickets, by the way. You're uh, sorry you couldn't be there with us. Uh, to suffer along long, you know, misery level yeah. company. Right? <laughs> well, it's always a fun time to go to Jacksonville. I've done it a couple of dozen times. And, uh, you know, I've been there uh, in good times. And, and uh, when the team is not uh, as good as they kind of are right now with Georgia, clearly the better team. You see that when you're there watching live. You, you can really get a feel for just how much better Georgia is. I mean, what you see, Ronnie, is the difference between one team is going for the third national title in a row, and the other team is trying to avoid losing – See, a losing season for the third year in a row and you can definitely see the difference there uh, but uh, you know you watch for certain things certain character things when you when your team's getting beat up do they hang in there do they look like they quit or do they or do they ever stop playing hard and they didn't so that gives you hope going forward once you can, uh, can once you can get on equal footing with them in the recruiting wars and start to uh, close that gap a little bit more I'm not sure the Jacksonville Jaguars are on equal footing with them talent-wise. <laughs> um, well, not a lot of teams are. And, in fact, interestingly enough, they were uh, second in this first uh, college football playoff poll, which finally has come out, came out the other day. And Ohio State is first because they have had the slightly tougher schedule, having to have beaten Notre Dame on the road and Penn State. Meantime, uh, Georgia's toughest, game are, toughest games lie ahead. They've got home to Missouri this week then home to Ole Miss, and then at Tennessee in three straight weeks. We're going to find out just how good they are, and I think they're going to be pretty good. I I do think they're going to run the slate, at least going into the SEC championship game.
1: You know, I think if you root against Georgia, which I do, um, it's too bad that Missouri played them as tough as they did last year because I don't think Georgia's going to sleepwalk when they come into Athens this weekend. I think had Missouri been beaten by a big score last year, Georgia might not be
2: as um, is, is ready
1: for them as they will be now. They know they're good and they're better
2: this year than they, they were last year. Oh Yes, they're much better, especially offensively. I think the matchup favors Georgia because what what I learned watching them live is their, their defense is really good. Georgia's defense is terrific. Uh, their offense is very efficient. And very much in, it was very much in rhythm, even without Bowers. the uh, the ball was easy to spread around uh, and they uh, they block well up front. They're very strong up front and and in the, in, in the uh, on the line and they they run the ball, they pass the ball. It just looked like uh, they had easy rhythm going the whole time. But Missouri's defense, I don't think, is good enough to beat Georgia and Athens. No, probably not. Um,
1: well, you never know. I mean, it's college football and you know, if they have a bad day. Maybe Missouri will have a good day, and uh, who knows what might happen. Should be a good game. So, yeah. Well, we got a caller
3: on the line. Daryl, how you doing, my man? I'm doing fine. So, what's going on? Tell me.
1: Well, we needed you to call in.
3: <laughs> well, you? I want. I, let me tell you this. This is the reason I'm calling. Okay, let's get the conversation going. Handicap the rest of the season for the Gators in light of what happened Saturday, and in light of what's who they're playing coming forward.
1: I think they better win Saturday.
3: <laughs> i I tell you, you know, I think for uh, yes, Saturday's a must win. An absolute must win.
1: But you know, it's just not a guaranteed. No, Arkansas is 2 and 6, but they lost by 3 at LSU and by 3 at Alabama and they haven't lost a game by more than 7.
3: Yeah, no, they, they that, that's I don't see a game on the schedule on the rest of the schedule that says, "Oh yeah, we're good here." There's not one there. I'm with you, and and, and and we're not bowl eligible yet.
1: No, I know. That's why they better mm-hmm. win Saturday. Um, what's your prediction?
3: I think they'll win Saturday. I think they'll win Saturday, but maybe that's just hopes. But I look at the rest. This the, the game. The game at Missouri scare, should scare everybody to death.
1: Yeah, I know, and, and the it's, weather's usually bad out there too.
3: <laughs> they they have historically not played well out there. They've historically had, had penalty and turnover problems out there, and uh, so I, I I don't see that as I don't see that as very winnable.
2: You know, for me, my my biggest concern is defensively. The Gators do need to play well defensively to win any of the four remaining games, and they just lost their leading tackler in James. And uh, uh, the last couple of weeks, they have looked a little bit shakier defensively. Uh, you know, Georgia pretty much did whatever they wanted against them, but that's Georgia, and they, they sort of uh, can do that to anybody. But right now, I'm, the depth of uh, lack of depth that the Gators defense is starting to show, especially up front, uh, not getting much pressure on the quarterback, as, uh, and, and so, you know, guys are having time to get open. I mean, we didn't put any pressure almost at all on the quarterback this past Saturday, and, and if we don't do a little bit better with that, we're really going to struggle in some of these games, especially LSU.
3: Well, I, the only thing I can say with – well, LSU is a totally different scenario because that quarterback's mobile. Oh, yeah. Very yeah.
2: mobile. And so is uh, Travis for FSU as oh, well. Oh, yeah. Well,
1: yeah, yeah Arky's
2: quarterback's pretty darn good too. Yeah, he can move around too. And now, uh, Arkansas just replaced their offensive coordinator in light of the debacle they had with Mississippi State. So it's, they're, they're a little bit of an unknown right yeah. now.
3: And we, yeah, and if that game is in Arkansas, I'm much more worried about it than if it's in Gainesville. I
2: mean, yeah. that's
3: just that's just kind of the way things have been going. But this is a this is and and as the season has moved on, we've now realized Kentucky may not be as good as we thought they were, and and that worries me a little bit too. Yeah,
2: because I was really down on them, and 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 uh, I was on the drive home from. Jacksonville, I had their game on with Tennessee, and I was you know, just cursing left and right about how bad <laughs> Kentucky was. But uh, then they actually made a game of it, but never not good enough to beat Tennessee. But, no, they're not that great. But they, for whatever reason, a matchup with the Gators has been bad for us the last couple of years.
3: Well, it's just like Tennessee. We had no business beating Tennessee. But Tennessee UT played like UT plays against us. They you just, can always count
2: on them, can't you? They, they, we,
3: it's, it's, it, it really is. It's almost comical now. But 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 no, this is a this is a team that will struggle to get to 500. I think this is a team that will struggle to get to and and you would like to think that we can be 500 in the conference. That's what you'd like to be because good, you know that makes you feel good. But I'm not sure we can get there.
1: Yeah, it, it's got to happen Saturday. I'm with you. It's, I don't know if we can beat any one of those remaining three teams, and I just hope that the people who are in the know. We'll stick with Napier if if that happens. I mean, you could lose the last four in a row. But say they win Saturday and they lose the last three, and then the bowl game, who knows what might happen there. They always give us a bad matchup there. I mean, Oregon State was a really bad matchup for us last year. The psychological edge was all on their side. And uh, I hope we don't get somebody like that if we get to a bowl game and I hope we don't go to the Birmingham Bowl. <laughs> yeah.
3: I, I, I'm not, I, we'll, we'll worry about a bowl game when we get there.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's right. Let's, let's just make sure to get there. You know, as, and uh, as far as uh, we have said all along here that the Gators ceiling is seven wins, that that's about as good as this. And we've said that since the beginning of the year. I know Ronnie said that, and I, I've felt the same way. So maybe they let's see if they can get there.
3: Well, my original prediction was three wins. So we're. we're, I just no. I looked at the schedule and I, and and I. It's just like I'm looking at it right now. Give me games that we can win. You know, and it used to be we could count on Kentucky. That's a win every year, no matter what. Well, that's not the case anymore. And and as it turned out, Tennessee turned out to be the win that I was sitting there saying we don't have. Yeah, you're right.
1: You're right, Daryl. We're up against a break. Um, Tell my man Cody. I said hello.
3: He's looking for you down at PDQ's every once in a while, man.
1: All right, I need to get in there and see him.
3: And you need also you need to be get ready for the playoffs. My understanding is Lakeland is going to end up eligible for the playoffs. All right, go not. Okay. Talk to you later. All right. Thanks, okay, Daryl.
1: All right. That's our man Daryl. You're listening to Ronnie O and Coach Joe in the Ozone on Talk Radio ninety six point seven, WLKF. This is Joe Bellino, the 1960 Heisman Trophy winner from the United States Naval Academy, and you are listening to Ronnie Ocean in the Ozone.
0: Ronnie O, Coach Joe, they're right here in the Ozone tonight. Brought to you by Allied Scrap Processors.
1: Alright, that was the late great Joe Bellino, one of my childhood heroes, 1960 Heisman Trophy winner at the Naval Academy. I remember they um, they got to a bowl game in I think it was Missouri beat them they just didn't quite have the talent to play with that Missouri team but I think it was the Orange Bowl they played in and uh he played for the Patriots for a little while served in the Navy of course for five years and when he came out he was in the AFL with the Boston Patriots and was a kick returner there for them so um man that was a long time ago the AFL coach Joe a long time ago.
2: Oh, well, yeah, it was a long time ago. The merger was in 1970. You know, I... I uh have this site it's on Facebook. This page it comes up about Super Seventies Sports, and they're always <laughs> they're always showing clips of games from the early Seventies, you know, and including the one I saw today. The first time the Steelers and the Oilers played each other, which was Ooh. kind of kind of cool. A very young Terry Bradshaw was throwing interceptions left and right, and Houston, which wasn't really that good back then, went into uh, Pittsburgh first game at Three Rivers Stadium. It was the opening game of the nineteen Seventies season, so first AFC. The central matchup ever, and uh, Houston ended up winning that game. You know, they had some great battles during the 70s. And uh, I don't know if you saw it this past Sunday, the Titans came out in throwbacks, and the throwbacks were, of course, Oilers. You know, yeah. Forms, forms, yeah, I'm surprised they, they could do that legally
1: because there's no love loss <laughs> between Houston and there, but maybe Bud Adams
2: retained the rights to that. I think he did, and in fact, it was interesting to note about that. Is the Houston Cougars did their own version of the Oilers uniforms, but with slight modifications because uh, because they're not the Oilers, they're the Houston Cougars, and uh, they have been told by the NFL you can't do that anymore. <laughs> they told Houston <laughs> the Houston Cougars, the University of Houston, stop. You can't do that anymore. So, me, but but they were of course applauded it when the Titans uh, came out in Oilers uniforms. And oh, by the way. The debut of young rookie Will Levis out of the University of Kentucky. We talked about him a lot last year when he was with Kentucky. He was spectacularly good. Of all the rookie quarterbacks this year, you know C.J. Stroud's been good. Uh, Bryce Young finally got his first win. Anthony Richardson was looking so good until he got hurt. But out of here comes Will Levis down the stretch, and he looked really good. I mean, he was he was threw some awesome passes. What a what an arm! Oh yeah, yeah, he's a big guy. Maybe we can get
1: Cougar Lou to call in. Well, Cougar Lou,
2: he's not real happy. I think his Cougars lost 41 to nothing. (laughs) Yeah, they're them at UCF. Some of these teams are struggling in their debut seasons in the Big 12. They're suddenly finding themselves against some stiff competition, and it's uh, it's not been good so far for most of those teams.
1: Yeah, I tell you, that Big 12 is really deep. A lot of good teams in there.
2: Everybody's tied for first, just about. Here comes Oklahoma State. They play. At home to Oklahoma this week, it's going to go a long way. Oklahoma could con- conceivably, after being the front runners, might get knocked right out of the eight Big Twelve championship game. Right now, if if they, things go south for them this week, you know they they went to Lawrence Kansas and got beat uh, by Kansas, which is also another good team. It was showing a great resurgence. But Oklahoma State and Iowa State were left for dead back in September. I, I thought they were awful. Those two teams. You know, uh, what who did uh, Oklahoma State lose to? Southern. Uh, south South alabama south alabama yeah it was like 35 to 7 at home at home home. you don't think that a team that loses like that is any good at all not that south alabama is that bad but they're another league down another to level down but but no oklahoma state's been a juggernaut lately beat both kansas state and kansas now goes after oklahoma this weekend in in what should be a terrific game
1: in what might be the last bedlam game yeah you know there's a lot of psychological advantage
2: there for Oklahoma State. Some of these rivalries are looking at their last versions this year. You mentioned Bedlam, uh, and uh, there there could be more by the time it's over. You know, uh, uh, we we've talked about Kentucky. You know, are we going to be playing Kentucky that much going forward? I think we're playing them next year, uh, and the same with Tennessee. What's going to happen to our rivalry there now? Know, those of you of a certain age know that we haven't had a rivalry for that long with Tennessee. It goes back to '90. Uh, before that, we only played them sporadically, uh, as opposed to as opposed to somebody like Georgia, who we played every year since 1933. So, uh, so, but you see that with some of these rivalries. And by the way, you know one last note about the Georgia game. Now that uh, in a couple years, Everbank Stadium in Jacksonville has got to be renovated, you know, to update it and upgrade it. It's now 30 years old in its current state uh, bef- after they renovated the Gator Bowl in 1995. And there's talk now. The The gist is that they're not going to do campus stadiums for those couple years when the stadium's being renovated. They're going to go to neutral sites, maybe Atlanta one year, maybe Orlando or or Tampa the next. So Let's we'll go have- to Tampa. Let's go to Tampa. Yeah. Yeah, we play well there. So yeah. <laughs> and I like Raymond James. It's a great it's a, it's a great stadium to go to and to watch a game at. So uh keep it keep an ear out for that. That's not official, but that's kind of like the the talk right now.
1: And I'm I'm also hearing that they may reduce the seating capacity at the new Jacksonville stadium to the point
2: that it might not be economic for the teams to play there anymore. That'll be interesting because Jacksonville's uh, uh, the Jaguars are really starting to play well. They're six and two, one, the, tied for the best record in the AFC. They were a playoff team last year, won a playoff game, and and they're looking. They've got a great young team. They're really good, and I think like the fan support there is pretty enthusiastic. But uh, that, so maybe you know sometimes smaller is better. But hopefully uh, you know that that game that stadium this past weekend with the Georgia and the Gators. Was packed, it was. It was packed, and 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 it's. Uh, it would be terrible to 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 shrink it too much. They're talking about doing the same thing at the swamp, about renovating it and making it slightly smaller too, in terms of seating.
1: Did they put the temporary seating
2: in in Jacksonville? Uh, it's. Uh, they they put as much seating as they could fit in there. You know, I think that the way I the way I look at it doesn't look like temporary seating. You know, it looks like it looks like it's permanently in there. I know what what you're talking about is on the uh, north side of the field. I think, right? It
1: seemed like they had maybe the north and the south side where they had like temporary bleachers down
2: below the stands. It seemed like. Uh yeah. There's really no place to put those there. Uh, I know. It's, I know. It's all the, you know. The, all four sides are filled, and, yeah. and they go and now on the one side, the north side, has an enormous scoreboard you think of about a giant scoreboard think about two giant scoreboards next to each other and that's the north side <laughs> scoreboard so that cuts down a little bit on the number of people they can put there and it's not a, a, a upper deck like like uh it is in in Jacksonville our seats were really good it wasn't it wasn't the upper deck we were in fact right in front of where the press box would have been. So we had that sort of a seat or the, or the club level was. In. And since we had the shadow of the press box on that side, we actually were in shade the whole time on what was a very warm. Oh, day. that's always nice.
1: Yeah. I'll tell you, what we were talking about schedules. In 24, here's the Gator schedule. They start with Miami. They get Samford, UCF. They play Georgia, Florida State, Kentucky, LSU, Ole Miss, Texas A&M, Mississippi State, Tennessee, Texas. In that order? Or is that just the Yeah, list that's of the heads? order supposedly. We didn't play Georgia that early? Well, it, it said no, it, those those dates are not all. The only one I guess that's that's for sure. Well, some of them are for sure. Miami's August 31st, Sanford September 7th, UCF October 5th, Georgia October
2: 26th. Oh, Okay, that's no normal time,
1: right? Yeah. Yeah. And then Florida State at the end. So the other games have not been scheduled um, firmly yet. So, But I told somebody that's the toughest schedule in NCAA history since 1899 when Suwannee got on a train, played five games in six days, and shut out all five opponents. How about that?
2: <laughs> oh man, uh, that juggernaut Swanee. The NCA wouldn't let them wouldn't let them, you know, they, they were they were overshadowing Michigan and Alabama probably. <laughs> yeah, they were an
1: original SEC team. <laughs> yeah, they were. Yeah. All right. Well, you're listening to Ronnie O and Coach Joe in the Ozone on Talk Radio 96.7 WLKF.
0: Talk Radio 96.7. Yes sir. Thursday night, we're talking sports in the Ozone. The Ozone with Ronnie O and Coach Joe, brought to you by Allied Scrap Processors, turning scrap metal into cash.
1: All right, Ronnie O and Coach Joe back in the Ozone. This date in 1914, Johnny Vandermeer, four time All Star and the only man in Major League Baseball history to pitch consecutive no hitters. He did that in 1938 against the Boston Bees, who were the forerunners of the Braves and the Brooklyn Dodgers in the first night game at Ebbets Field. I wonder if the lights were so bad in Ebbets Field (laughs) that that might have helped him. What do you think, Coach Joe? Oh, it probably didn't hurt. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, me. Dick Sisler, son of George Sisler, uh, was born on this date in 1920, passed away in 1998. George Sisler held the major league record of 257 hits in a season for a long time, and uh he batted four oh seven in nineteen twenty with those two hundred and fifty seven
2: hits. and Ichiro, I think, broke that record. Yeah, I was thinking it was Ichiro who was a hitting machine. Oh yeah, <laughs> he uh, he played most of his career with Seattle. Uh, also had a stint with the Marlins, which uh, towards the end of his career, which was exciting. He brought it brought a lot of excitement down to Miami there at, at, at a time when they were you know a mediocre team. But he was fun to watch. And he 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 was. He was a really great player, you know. If you count all of his hits in Japan before he came to the United States, he probably has more than anybody else. Yeah, oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, the thing about him, too, that I always admired was that he
1: was a great outfielder. He had a good arm. Oh, yeah. And he wasn't a very big guy, but he had a really good arm.
2: No, no. He covered a lot of ground, and like you said, his arm was amazing. And even as he got older, remember, this was prior to the DH in the National League, so he was playing in the outfield every day. No uh, slow retirement for him. He was in as good a shape at the end of his career probably as he was earlier on. He he always looked fantastic. He didn't look like an old ball player.
1: No, he didn't. On this date in 1928, Leon Hart, the 1949 Heisman Trophy winner from Notre Dame, was born, and he passed away in 2002. He was the first—well, he was—for a long time, he was the only— Non quarterback or running back to have won the Heisman Trophy, and um, of course he went to Notre Dame. That's why. <laughs> well, that's he why, won right. it. Yeah, Yeah, it's I think Tim, Bra- they won Tim most Brown. Tim Brown one back then. Tim yeah.
2: Brown won one. Yeah, there haven't been that many non quarterbacks lately. You know, when I was growing up, it was running backs all the time. And then it then became yeah. quarterbacks again. Uh, there's some talk that maybe this year, with the way Marvin Harrison Jr. is playing, it might be the the year that there is a non quarterback to win. I think you got it because uh, what is Devontae uh, Smith was the last one? Yeah. Yeah, uh, from Alabama a few years ago. Otherwise, it's pretty much been quarterbacks all the time.
1: You know, as great as Marvin Harrison Jr. is, those guys, Texas AM's got, have a couple of wide receivers that are really, really good. And, um, you know, they don't get the publicity he gets them. He's got a name that people would recognize. So, and yeah. another guy we just mentioned we were talking about on this date in 1945, a guy named Larry Little, guest on this show. We have a liner from him. Yeah. Guy we got to meet in person. Uh, Started out with the San Diego Chargers, got cut, really without much fanfare. And a guy named Don Shula says, you know, I think that guy can play.
2: (laughs) You know, it's growing up in Miami like I was, uh, that was the time when the Dolphins were at their peak. And Larry Little was a big part of that. And these to, to a youngster like me, these were the gods, <laughs> and so the chance to meet him and chat with him, like we did at at that at the Ken Riley event that year, and uh, have him on the show is is an example. By the way, you know he he was when he was growing up and in high school, he just sort of popped up uh, on on the football team, and nobody thought that much about him, and he didn't have any scholarship offers for, for any from anybody back then. There was segregation back then, but even the uh, HBCUs weren't really. Uh, looking at him. He ended up at Bethune, Cookman. Yeah. And he he just worked hard and became a really good player. And then even after the slow start to his career, found a, a home with the Dolphins of a coach, Don Shula, who recognized somebody who had the right attitude and was willing to work hard. And he became a Hall of Famer. Amazing.
1: Yeah, he did. He's such a gracious guy. Yeah. We had so much fun talking to that guy. <laughs> he was a lot of fun. I mean, I really missed those Ken Riley events that I'm so glad Ken finally got into the Hall of Fame. Richly deserved and it's too bad it didn't happen during his lifetime, but you know, we got to meet guys
2: like Larry Little and oh man, I tell you just so many of those guys. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of those guys that that we got to meet who were really good guys and and it was fun just being there because the everybody swapping their stories uh, back and forth with each oh, other. Yeah. You could see it's like a reunion of sorts for all the guys too from that era and it's it's very special. I, I wish there was a way to to uh, have a, have a couple more of those gatherings. We miss Ken a lot, and we certainly miss that that uh, event. Oh yeah, He, he, he was so much, so good for the community too. On this date in
1: 1958, Willie McGee, former um, American baseball outfielder, All Star in 83, 85, 87, 88, NL MVP in 1985, and um, my good friend Joe McDonald was the general manager of the 82 Cardinals that Willie McGee was a star for, and Joe was part of the deal that got Willie McGee to St. Louis. Man, that guy could run. He was thin as a rail, but, boy, he could run. And, man, he slapped that ball all over the place. Didn't hit a lot of home runs, but, man, that 82 Cardinal team was something else.
2: Yeah, the Cardinals played in, in back then in Busch Stadium, which was a large ballpark, and it had the carpet on it. And so they yep. played small ball, hit and run, and used the carpet to their advantage. And they won the World Series that year beating uh, the Milwaukee Brewers. Yes, they they were in different leagues back then. The Brewers were in the American <laughs> league. And they uh, but it took seven seven games. Uh, yeah, it did. It took seven games. It was a close series. But the Cardinals pulled it out, thanks in part to the great pitching they had too. Had Bruce Souter on that. They team. had Bruce Suter, their one closer, of the closer closer, yeah. Yeah, one of the great closers of his day, back when closers were first coming into fashion. I mean, the the one inning type of closers, like uh, where we called them closers, because prior to that, if you remember the seventies, Ronnie, you'd have uh, re- great relievers who'd come in, but they would pitch multiple innings, and they were known as firemen. They didn't call them closers back then; they were called firemen. Yeah, <laughs> they came. Relates in, fireman awards. exactly. Come in to put out the fire, but then when they started going to the w- w- one inning type, come in with the lead only, and then you shut it down. They started calling those guys closers.
1: I think I told you about when Mike Marshall was the baseball coach up at St. Leo University. He was
2: one of the great firemen of the 70s. Yeah, Yeah. and I had him
1: on the show. He pitched 202 innings one year as a reliever. (laughs) I know. That's unbelievable. (laughs) Talk about an ego. (laughs) I said, Mike, I said, excluding yourself, who would you say is the best closer of all time? He said,
2: well, you can't exclude me because I'm it. (laughs) Yeah, well, in 1974, the Dodgers won the pennant. Uh, and Duke couldn't win the World Series. They were up against a really good uh, Oakland A's team, oh, yeah. finishing their three in a row that year. But uh, he was a big part of that. He was so good. Oh, he was, and uh, he,
1: that guy was something else. He was a doctor of kinesiology. Yeah. I remember that. Back and, when nobody knew what that was. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. He, he was a really smart guy. But, boy, he had an ego. And uh, <laughs> I think what he did to exercise his arm You know, he he would laugh at these guys. I ask him about these guys today. Oh, they're all a bunch of pansies. Because they used to bring him in in the sixth inning. You know, and he'd finish the game from the sixth inning. And uh, what he would do is he would repeatedly thrust his right arm into a bag of rice. And that's one of the training methods that he had.
2: Yeah, you know, Roger Clemens copied that uh, method, too, to strengthen his arm. Because it, oh, that works. Yeah, there are other things I think he strengthened his arm with. Too. <laughs> well, mind you, yeah, yeah, but you know, uh, I, I remember Clemens pitching back for the University of Texas, and, oh, and he yeah. was rail thin back then. He could still bring it super hard. So.
1: <laughs> oh man, I wish he'd won one more game for the '86 Red Sox. If only, he, right? Yeah, just didn't quite get it done. So close. In 1964, Kevin Gogan, former NFL guard, Pro Bowl, '94, '97, '98, was on some of those great dallas teams was born boy he was a bad guy i saw they had a an nfl program about him on the nfl network about that dallas offensive line and he was not only giant but he was a bad tough guy
2: oh yeah i remember a lot of those those guys on the on that offensive line Um uh, Actually, Crawford Kerr played for Dallas. I don't think he was on that offensive line, but he was. He was. No, he, a, he was a good player for them for several he years. Was. He was. He part of the Gators' great wall in 1984. I remember him. Who was the one really good player on that uh, from that offensive line? The one who's the most famous. Uh, I'm going to have to think about that. Uh, for...
1: Larry Williams.
2: He was really good, too. I'm thinking, He's a Hall of Famer, isn't he? Yeah, I'm thinking of somebody else who was there for a while. You were talking about the guys who blocked for him at Smith, right? Yeah. Yeah, Vic, and that, those early 90s Dallas teams that won the Super Bowl uh, three times in four years. Uh, that, the, you know, that, that, that team was just loaded with talent on both sides of the ball. Uh, the, uh, uh, you know, it was, it was Troy Aikman years. Yeah. Every, I think we kind of forget how good he was. You know, yeah, because he, he's been out of the game for a while, and and uh, he, he, but he was, and he had such great tools to throw to him. You get to throw to Michael Irvin all the time; that that helps. Uh, and also, uh, you know, Emmett Smith running the ball, and Dion played for them for a little while too, on both mm-hmm. sides of the ball. Uh, not the whole time, but part of the time. That was a. Those were really really good teams. But I'm going to have to think about that one offensive lineman who I can't remember his name.
1: Did, didn't they go one in fifteen? Johnson's first year.
2: Yeah, the yes. Uh and I think they had Troy Aikman. That was his yeah, they did. year. That was his rookie year too. Yeah. That's a good example. You know, they were awful, but they took they took their lumps as, because Johnson was tore the team apart when once he got uh Herschel Walker trade. Yeah. That's how he rebuilt replenished it. He traded Herschel Walker and got a ton of stuff in return yeah. from Minnesota. Uh, one of the great trades of all time. But but prior to that, he tore everything down and put Troy Eggman in there and said, go get him, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, so they took their lumps for a while. But they were smart enough to draft Emmett Smith. You know, Emmett was uh, available for the Dolphins that, in the draft. They, he didn't go to the 16th pick. and I think the Dolphins drafted in front of him. And They, they were looking for a great running back to help Dan Marino out, and they forgot it. <laughs> he, sings, he sings the way they work out, man. <laughs> Speaking of great running backs. On this date in
1: 2021, Tom Maddy, former Baltimore Colt, passed away. He was 82 years old, played at Ohio State. But what I remember about Tom Maddy was in 1965, the Baltimore Colts had Johnny Unitas injured. They lost to Quazo, and he came in as the quarterback, and he led the Colts to uh, – I don't remember if it was a playoff game – they played the Packers, and I still believe that Don Chandler, former Florida Gator, missed the field goal for the Packers, and uh, they beat my Colts and they beat Tom Maddie. And back then, they had a runner-up bowl, which was played in Miami. And uh, they, the Colts, with Maddie at quarterback, beat the Dallas Cowboys in that runner-up bowl.
2: Yeah, the Cowboys could never win in the Orange Bowl. <laughs> they yeah. think they, they, not even in the runner-up bowl. Nate Newton. That's, Nate who, that's who I was trying to remember. Tim that,
1: Newton was his brother that played for the Gators. Yeah.
2: Nate Newton, one of the great offensive linemen who was part of that uh, n- mid-'90s Dallas dynasty that, that was back then at the expense of the Buffalo Bills. Oh, who, yeah. Who, yeah. Uh, who went to four straight Super Bowls and, and lost all four, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> two of them to Dallas. Oh, man.
1: All right. Well, let's go ahead and take a break. When we come back we're going to have an opportunity for our sports quiz winner to go out to Miller's Lakeland Ale House. You can eat and drink what you want and take $30 off your tab. $30, I said. That goes a long way unless you take Eric Clark with you and then you get nothing to eat.
0: Hey!
1: (laughs) You're listening to Ronnie and Coach Joe. Talk Radio 96.7 WLKF.
3: Coach Dale Brown, and you're fortunate enough to be listening to Ronnie Ocean on the Ozone.
0: Ronnie O and Coach Joe in the Ozone on Talk Radio 96.7. Oh, yeah. We're having fun in the Ozone tonight. It's brought to you by Allied Scrap Processors Turning Scrap Metal into Cash.
1: All right. Ronnie O and Coach Joe in the Ozone, and we told you we would have that sports quiz, and here it is. The Rangers. Won the World
2: Series, right? Congratulations to Texas yeah, Rangers. Congratulations yeah, they, to the Rangers. Great job by them.
1: Now, that makes this easy. Which ones? one of these teams has never won the World Series? Is it A, the Marlins, B, the Rays, C, the Rangers? I mean, that's pretty easy, <laughs> huh? Or D, the Orioles? Give us a call, 682 1430. That's 682 1430. But before we get somebody in on that, we've got our man, Walt. How you doing, Walt?
4: Hey, I'm doing good. You guys doing okay?
1: Fantastic.
4: Well, listen, I have an important question for you. I heard all these names that you threw out that you've either talked to, you've personally met, or that you knew. But of all those, which, which is the greatest? Meeting or talking to any of them? are sitting in the booth with Coach Joe and Eric. Oh, well, that, <laughs> that goes
1: without saying. I mean, yeah, come it's on. It's
0: definitely not
1: us. Come on. It's, it's <laughs> got to be Coach Joe and Eric.
4: Well, that's what I thought. Yeah. I just wanted, I just wanted the fans that listen to you to know where your priorities are.
2: You know, Walt, Ronnie knows pretty much everybody. <laughs> he, well, he, he, uh, it's it's amazing how many people I've had the opportunity to talk to, thanks to uh, to Ronnie uh, get getting them on the show uh, uh, from time to time. I find one, but but it's uh, it's it's basically I don't know how he knows all these people. But you know. <laughs> well,
4: you know, he has delusions of grandeur.
2: I do,
1: I do. Hey, Walt, can can you hold on for a second? We got somebody calling in to, to win the sports sure. quiz, and you're academically ineligible right oh, now. I know, I know. All right. Oh, we're going to get him and we'll come right back to you, okay? Okay. All right. Well, we got a caller on the line that's hungry and thirsty. I know Walt's hungry and thirsty too, but he won in the last 6 months. So, if you won in the last 6 months, you're not eligible to win. But the legendary Clarkster. Michael, how you doing tonight? All right, how are you? Fantastic. You hungry and thirsty? Sure. All right. You ever been out at the ale house? Yes, sir. All right. Which one of these teams has never won the World Series? Is it the Is Marlins? That, Is it the Rays, the Rangers, or the Orioles?
3: Okay, now this, this counts for last night?
2: Yes. Yes. Oh. So you get to oh. eliminate one. <laughs> oh. Yeah, as of today, Let which me give of those you four again. teams has never won yeah. the World Series? The Marlins, oh, okay. the Rays, or the Orioles? Which one of those next, has not won?
4: And it ranges just one, so I can't pick down. <laughs>
1: no. Nope. So
2: it's one of the other three. Yeah. <laughs> Marlins, Rays, uh, um, or Orioles. Dang.
1: Uh you got a one in three chance. It's easy. I'm
3: going to say
2: You can uh, you can do this, Michael. We have faith in you.
3: <laughs> I'm going to say um
4: which one you said the Rays the there Marlins. you go man <laughs> that's right you're right you're exactly right all
2: right <laughs> he got it got it on his first try too well go. done Michael there you go <laughs> the Marlins have won it twice thank you very much the Orioles have won it uh several times yeah, I mean, but not in a while but right. several times yeah how right. many times are any of the Orioles won
0: you mentioned uh, 66. We, yeah, <laughs> we
2: don't want to talk about that. I'm a Do- I yeah, used to be a Dodger and, fan. And so. it was 1970. <laughs> 83, uh, 1970, 1983. 70, 83. So three times? Does that sound right? Sounds about right. Yeah. Michael, um, if you'll hang on the line,
1: Eric will get your information, and you can go out to the alehouse as soon as tomorrow, and we'll, we'll send it in for you, okay?
2: All right. Thank you. Congratulations. <laughs> All right. <laughs> thank you. All right, as
1: you can see, we're pretty lax here.
2: I thought that was an excellent uh, question and answer. Uh, What do you think, Walt? (laughs) Still with us, Walt? You still there?
4: Y'all are really relaxed. Uh, (laughs) Well, sometimes I think that noise y'all claim is sound. I think one of you is over snoring.
1: (laughs) Well, you know what it is. We're not here to stump people. We're here to help the, the. Ale House is so gracious to give us this gift every week and to let people go out there. So we're not trying to stump somebody. We want somebody to win, so they go out to the Ale House, and hopefully they'll eat and drink more than $30, and the Ale House will make some money and stay in business. You know, there's two of them now. There's one out north of town, too.
4: Yeah, I live closer to the one up north. You know, it's I live way up on the north side. So, uh, you know, my family... Or my uncle was actually very big in real estate, so up in the north around Cost Iron Road and out in there. So but uh no, I just called, I hadn't talked to you guys in a while was, and you know, everything's going good for me now and Oh good. You know, now I'm back to being my old pestering self.
2: Oh well, that's good. Well, we missed you. you. Well you know what, uh Texas was one of six teams to have never won the World Series so there's five left or we know the Rays are one of them do you know who the other four are
4: uh, really I I would have to think on it um
2: <laughs> that's okay yeah <geez. laughs> well we mentioned earlier St. Louis beating Milwaukee in 1982 that was the one time the Brewers have been in the World Series so they are one of the uh, teams uh, Colorado was in the World Series one time in 007 who'd they lose to Ronnie Colorado lost to the Boston Red Sox. <laughs> see, see how swept teed, them. See swept you liked, them. Like how I teed that up for him. Oh yeah, <laughs> swept them. So Colorado's another one. San Diego Padres have been in the World Series one time, 1998, where they lost to the Yankees. Sorry about that, Ronnie. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, Padres have been in it twice. Forgot about '84, where they lost to That's Detroit. right. So yeah, uh, and so they were one of them. And uh, that who did I leave out? Is that everybody? Rays. Seattle was the other team. Yeah, Seattle. Yeah, they have never. They're the one of. They're the only team in baseball now that's never been in the World Series, much less won it. That's pretty amazing. You would
4: have thought during those Griffy days, they would
2: have. Yeah, they won 116 games in 2001. They had Alex Rodriguez on that team, and they lost in the uh, ALCS. Edgar Martinez. Yeah. They had yeah. some – and Randy, Randy Johnson, Johnson was pitching. Yeah. How'd they ever lose? But they didn't that one season until they got to the playoffs. Speaking well, of Randy you know, Johnson,
1: been... have you guys seen – there? there's a cartoon or a meme or something somebody sent out where this guy and his wife went as Randy Johnson and the bird that he killed for the <laughs> fastball for Halloween. I saw that. L- look it up, It's Walt. It's really funny. And the guy really looks like Randy Johnson.
4: yeah. I tell you, I, the other day I was watching something, and Randy Johnson came on doing an interview, and I was like, at first I didn't even recognize him. <laughs> you know, he, his hair has gotten so white. It was just unbelievable. I thought, that looks like Randy Johnson. And then in a couple of minutes they mentioned his name, but, but he seems happy. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah, Johnson might not have been with that old one Seattle team. Was he with Arizona by then maybe? Uh, well, you know, a lot oh, of That's time, right. He was with teams, Arizona
1: cuz they beat the Yankees in 7 games. They beat Mariano Rivera. Yeah, that's right. In Arizona. Yeah. Yeah, game uh, seven. you
2: know,
4: when these teams win all these games, I sometimes think that they put so much emphasis and I know you have got to make the playoffs and but I think sometimes these arms get so tired. That it, when they get to the playoffs, they're just worn out.
2: Depth of pitching. It's its so, Physically, so important mentally. these days. Yeah, no
1: doubt about it.
2: Walt, we're almost yep. out of time. We appreciate well, listen, you it
1: was calling. It great talking to you guys. Oh, thank you. And we, we, thank you, Walt. We're glad you're feeling better.
4: Well, just always make sure I leave Eric which home they put you in so I can visit you. <laughs> oh, there you go.
3: Exactly. <laughs> All righty. Take care.
1: <laughs> All right, Walt. Oh, man. Walt, I tell you, Walt and Daryl, we got two great calls tonight, and Michael won the quiz, so you can't beat that.